Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, hello, River of Life. I'm so glad you're at church. And as Pastor Seth mentioned a little while ago, we have quite a few of our ladies uh, from the East Missoula campus who are at a women's retreat. And this weekend also, our Star Valley campus did a conference that was Friday night and uh, most of today. And we got word from them that they, they had 60 ladies come to their conference and nine ladies accepted Jesus this weekend in Star Valley. So how cool is that? We're just excited to see what God is doing. And uh, our ladies uh, from this campus will get back tomorrow afternoon. So as you think about them, keep them in prayer. God is doing some incredible things already up there. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, we've been in a series that we've called Armor Up. And uh, if you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we were spending some time looking at Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 10 says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we spend some time looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll show us exactly what we need to see. God, we are so grateful that you are equipping your church to fight a battle and to win because, Lord Jesus, there is an enemy who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, you've already won. So, Lord, we stand on your victory So, Father, I pray that your church would look the way you need us to look, that we would do what you're asking us to do, that, God, we would not live our lives in such a way that we are seeking comfort and pleasures of this world, but that, God, we would armor up and that we would fight. And, God, we just praise you for that. I pray for those who are watching in Malawi and Star Valley and on the North Slope and in jail and in the prison system, and, God, those who maybe couldn't be with us tonight who are just watching online. I pray, Father, God, wherever... Wherever this word is heard, that God, it will not return void, but that God, you would penetrate even the hardest of hearts. And we just praise you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to take a few moments and I want to, first of all, give you a little bit of a recap. We actually started the series. We talked about the belt of truth. Uh, It was interesting because if you were here that weekend, I made mention of how many of you have experienced a belt of truth. And what I was talking about was when you think that you're a certain waist size and then you pull your belt out and, and it's truthful with you when it says you are not. And when I said that during week one, I said, how many of you know about a belt of truth? Other people have come to me since then and said, oh, that's not what I thought you were talking about. Now, for if you're young in the room, you maybe don't know what I'm talking about right now. But those of you who are maybe around my generation, you understand that your parents probably had a belt of truth as well. How many can say amen to that belt of truth? 
it's it's funny because it it's it was needed and but now if you talk about this it can be looked at as as a bad thing but you know the bible does say spare the rod and spoil the child right um i grew up and my dad and my mom my mom her her uh weapon of choice uh was a wooden dowel um yeah that was a that was a real sweet treat um my dad on occasion would use a belt of truth um can I just tell you, though, I, I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about, I, I think I was about 11 years old, and my dad, it wasn't, I didn't get spanked all the time, but I would get spanked on occasion, and, uh, and I remember one particular time, I was getting old enough that I, I thought to myself that I was pretty big stuff, and I want to say I was probably around 11, and I remember I got in trouble for something, and so my dad, you know, we, my dad said, okay, well, you're gonna, you know, there's going to be a punishment. You're going to get spanked. He took his belt, and uh, you, know, you had to assume the position. Um, some of you kids are like, man, what in the world? Where did you grow up? Uh, but my dad spanked me twice, and I thought I was pretty tough stuff. And so I, being a moron, turned around to him, and I said, was that supposed to hurt? What was I thinking? I don't know what I was thinking. And he goes, oh, did I not do it well enough? Let's try again. And uh, can I tell you, he put some real fervor into that one. Um, And uh, I did it again. I turned to him and I said, really? That's all you got? I'm just telling you guys, I wasn't super bright when I was 11 years old. So he said, well, let's try again. And can I tell you, by the time I left that room, I don't think I could, I could barely walk, but I didn't let him know that. I was just like, all right. I went in my room and I was like, oh my goodness. So that was the belt of truth that some of you thought I was going to mention two weeks ago. And that, that wasn't actually what had come to my mind, but just thought I'd share that beautiful childhood memory with you. Um, Hey, can I, I am better for it. That's absolutely right. Some of you are like, that is horrible. Can I just tell you, I don't know where I would be without the belt of truth. Because um, I, I needed it. I needed it some. So, uh, And then last week, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness. And we talked about the fact that as believers, we will never be perfect until that day. But the reality is, is we've gotten to a place where we can often just become satisfied with being imperfect. And not striving towards his perfection. And as believers, the church needs to look different, which means we need to do what we can to every day. When we fail, we, we, we admit it, we, we repent of it, and we move forward, and we move more and more to look like Jesus every day. And so, so if you missed any of those, I would, go, I would encourage you to go back and to watch those. Today, we're going to talk about our feet and being fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the gospel of, or with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, this is an interesting one because uh, it's, it's kind of confusing. If you just read that verse, it's like, I don't even really know what that means. Now, some of these, they're easy. Helmet of salvation, I know what that means. You know, uh, the sword, we got that. But but the feet thing is a little bit different. Well, so I want to spend a little bit of time looking at this this evening. So let's look at shoes for just a moment. We all know that there are different kinds of shoes for different kinds of occasions. We can have dress shoes. Uh, you can have casual shoes. There's walking shoes. There's relaxing shoes. There's hiking shoes. And, and you choose your footwear based on what you're doing, right? So so I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever picked the wrong shoe for the wrong occasion, 
Uh, I remember one time, I thought I had picked the right pair of shoes. We, went to, we were going to uh, a, an amusement park, and so I knew we were going to be walking all day, and I got this brand new pair of tennis shoes. And, and here's the thing. Here's, here, I'm going to let you in on a little insight into me. Um, I do like to be comfortable. My wife likes me to look good. Um, and sometimes those two things clash, yep. right? Um, so we're going, and she said, listen, you can't, you, can't, you can't wear those socks that you can see you got to wear no-show socks. How many of you know what no-show socks are, all right? Um, see, now, it's funny because now younger people wear socks that go up high. That used to be that was a dad thing, right? You wear your tennis shoes and your socks go up to here. I'm not young enough to do that, so i got to figure out, like, the in-between thing. My wife says, put on no-show socks, so I do. Well, my feet rubbed against the back of my ankle the whole day. And can I tell you, once you start having a pain in your feet, it's all you can think about. So walking was a, was a chore. Everything was harder. Uh, so we pick our shoes based on what we're going to do. And I think, I think some of you ladies in the room, you guys amaze me with your ability to wear the kinds of shoes that you wear. I mean, for real. Like when you get all dressed up and you're, you look like you're on stilts, and, you're, and I'm like, I do not know how you do that. You look great, but I don't know how you do that. But we got to pick based on, you know, if you're going to hike, you're not going to wear those shoes, right? You know where you're going, so you pick the right shoes for the job. So a spiritual shoe is something to aid our movement through this life. And this piece of armor is to aid our movement and our defense. And it's not just for, it's not about appearance at all. It's about functionality. <clears throat> a few weeks back, we talked in our No Lie series about this lie of popularity. And I think for many of us, if we're honest in the room, one of the things that we value too high is how we appear to this world. Yeah. And as we talk about these shoes, what you need to understand is these shoes are functional. They're not pretty all the time. They're not going to impress the world with what you're wearing, but they will keep your feet from getting sore. And so, uh, as we look at this, we need, to, we need to realize, first of all, what Roman soldiers of that day would have been wearing. And the soldiers of that day, because that's obviously what, he, what Paul is talking about as he's, reading, as he's speaking this to us, is that those shoes would have been, they would have been made for comfort so that you could walk long distances. Many, many of them would have had spikes or a texture on the soles so that they wouldn't lose ground as they walked or as they fought. Um, and they were made in such a way that a Roman soldier would be able to march for miles and not be paying attention to his feet. And as a, as a Roman army would advance against its enemies, the, the, the shoes were super important because how many of you know if you're in hand-to-hand -hand combat with somebody, then you need to not be sliding. You need, to, you need to be able to hold your ground. So as we look at this, we need to understand that Paul is talking to us, and we, we mentioned this last weekend, that he says in that verse multiple times, stand, stand, stand. Why? He's telling the church, you are going to get pushed but you need to stand. So the, the feet wear is important because how many of you know, if you and I are, are, are skirmishing with each other, is that a word, skirmishing? Logan's not here to write that down in his list. But if you and I are, are in, a, in, a, in a fight and I'm wearing flip-flops, right? You're gonna be able to shove me backwards. But if I put on the right shoes, I'm gonna be able to stand my ground. And the church has got to understand that as we look at what this verse is telling us, again, 
Paul is saying life as a believer is a battle. The enemy is going to come at you. The enemy is going to do what he can to destroy you. He's going to do what he can to, to push you backwards. And so we have got to, we've got to make sure that we understand this particular passage of Scripture so that we put the right shoes on so that we can stand firm. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I wanted you to hear that because as we look at this, it talks about the gospel of peace. So Jesus is saying, listen, I am bringing you peace. This world is bringing you tribulation, but you can have peace still in me. So if we put on the right shoes, then all of a sudden we can realize that even though we're in the middle of the battle, we can have peace. It's just like having a good pair of shoes can help you walk through rough terrain. Having confidence in Christ allows you to boldly proclaim his name. And while we may face persecution in this life, we can rest in knowing that our Savior cares about us and has good plans for us and sees us. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and I just want you to hear this because you need to understand this is the heart of God. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news uh, that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, that's the simplicity of the gospel is that God sent his son to this world so that you and I can experience a joy and a peace even in the midst of a turmoil. We need to remember the, the simple gospel. The simple gospel is this, is that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you and for me and that when we proclaim that, when we believe it, we receive this grace and this mercy and this love that can come from no other. So God forgives us and he gives and, and what could be greater than that? The gospel takes a hopeless being and fills him or her with eternity and glory. I mean, that's incredible. So what is, it, the God, what is the gospel of preparation of peace? We need to know that if we, are, uh, if we appreciate, uh, and we need to know in order to appreciate the material that these shoes are made of, the gospel is the understanding that God, that the God of the universe loves us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for us and that he offers us salvation and new life. And inside of that, he gives us hope and purpose. How long can you walk on hard and stony ground if you're not wearing the right shoes? If you've ever been barefoot, and, you, and I do this sometimes where my wife will go, hey, will you go out and water the plants real quick? And I'll run outside, and I don't have my shoes on, and we have like a lot of rocks out there. And I'll, I'll I mean, instead of just going to get on a pair of shoes, which would take two seconds, right? I take five minutes to like do this number across the rock to go to where the hose is and water the plants. Why? Because you feel every step of that. How many of you in the room have had children or have children currently who have bought these things that are from the devil called Legos? <laughs> and you may know what I'm talking about. If, you, if you've not experienced this, then you're like, man, that's harsh about Legos. Man, Legos are great toys. They're great toys until it's one in the morning and you have to go to the bathroom and you don't have your shoes on and you step on a couple of Legos that your kid left on the floor 
And then you figure out how saved you are in that moment. It's amazing how just, uh, just something, anything to do with your feet, you feel it, you experience it. It changes everything about the way that you will proceed. So as we look at this, what we need to understand is when we put on the right shoes, not only do we understand and are we reminded about where we've come from, but we also are putting on his purpose. You cannot make it far without the right pair of shoes. Many have gone into battle without proper preparation. And this kind of preparation comes only from the gospel. If you knew uh, you were going for a walk, you would make sure that you put on the right pair of shoes. Otherwise, it will affect how, you can, how far you can go. And I believe that many Christians today, we have forgotten about the gospel or we have, we've kind of like, that's just this little sidelight in our life. But I mean, you know, when, you've got, when you're wearing the shoes, it means that that's what you're walking in. So if we understand this idea that we are walking in our salvation, we are walking in this gospel, and inside of that gospel and inside of that we are finding our purpose, then all of a sudden now we can walk a lot further than we can without it. Walking over hard ground, purpose, we need, to, we need to be equipped with the right shoes because otherwise what will happen is we will, we will miss out on what God has for us. I, I will talk to people all the time and I'll say, I'll say, you need to figure out what God's purpose is for you. What has he designed you for? What has he instilled in you? But a lot of times what people will do is they, will, they don't want to prepare. They don't want to, they don't want to spend time chasing that thing. They want everything to be easy for them. And so they don't move forward in their purpose and they miss out on what God has for them. Well, we know that the apostle Paul, even in Romans chapter eight, says this, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. So the foot is to the body what the will is to the soul. We go wherever our will takes us. And that's why preparation is important. Your your, wherever your feet point, that's where you go. Wherever your, wherever your will is inside of you, whatever you're willing to do, that's, that's, what, that's where you end up going. And a Christian spiritual readiness uh, is our feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. It's amazing to me the things that men and women are able to do when they, when they have the will to do it. When you set your mind on something, when you, when you dedicate yourself towards a goal, we have it in us to accomplish that goal. You watch men and women who, are, who, are, who set it in their minds at a young age that they want to be in the Olympics and they will, they will will themselves to a place where they, they dedicate themselves day in and day out, waking up early before school and after school practicing and doing all the things that are necessary so that one day they have a shot at, at doing this thing that they've willed themselves to do. But for many of us in our faith journey, we don't actually have the will to do what God's asking us to do. We, we would rather be comfortable than make a difference. 
The gospel sets the will of the Christian. It gives us purpose and focus. It presents us with a message and a task. It gives us meaning to life and nothing else should matter. There is no calling in your life without the gospel. You can tell a lot about what a person's expectations are by the footwear that they choose to wear. If you, if you walk into a room and you've got your dress shoes on and you're ready to go and, and, and all of a sudden people announce that we're going for a hike, you're going to be disappointed. When we started River, I would always, I would like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come on Saturday in the morning and there's stuff going on here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of whatever and watch and pay attention to all the things that need to get done before church. And I would often wear dress shoes because that's what I was going to wear when I preached. And so I'd put on these dress shoes, and, and it may not look like it, but the building is actually a decent length. And after you walk, walk it 50 times during the day, by the time it was time for me to get up to preach, my feet were killing me. And there were times that people would ask me, hey, I noticed you sat all during worship. Yeah, my feet were killing me, right? So then now I'm distracted while I get up here to preach. So I had to realize, hey, you got to make a plan. You need to know where you're going. You need to understand what's more important, that I'm wearing nicer shoes or that I'm able to walk while I preach. And for our camera people, they know I walk when I preach. But what you choose to put on your feet determines what, you, what your plan is. And for many of us, our plan looks more like we want to wear flip-flops and be comfortable, put on our slippers and relax, than it does putting on our military boots and preparing for battle. See, a barefoot man shrinks back when he touches hot sand or shrieks when he stumbles through stone. But when your will and your heart are prepared and ready to serve God, the Christian feet should be prepared and equipped to face trouble because trouble will come. A soldier will come across things seen and unseen in his path. And if he does not have the right footwear, it could slow him down or stop him. And we need to understand that we are to advance onto the battlefield unafraid because we carry the good news of Jesus. No matter what debris the enemy throws at us during this war, we know that God has everything under control and that his plan cannot be thwarted by the devil. Some of you need to hear that and you need to keep focused on the good news. What if we changed our mindset a little bit. I think that because we don't prepare, what does that mean to prepare? Because that's kind of a vague term. Like, what, what, how would I do that? What does that look like? Well, <clears throat> even here in Pastor Seth, invite you to come and be a part of Tuesday morning prayer. By the way, it is Tuesday morning. He said eight. I don't want anybody showing up at 8 p.m. It's 8 a.m. Uh, we open up the doors for 8 a.m. prayer. We usually just have some worship music in the house. And then at eight, by 8.30, Pastor Seth is up on the keyboard and he usually does a little bit of singing. And, just, and then we're gonna close that out with praying for whatever needs we need to pray for. But can I tell you, that's, that's a way to prepare. It's a way to prepare for your Tuesday is to come and to spend some time in corporate prayer making it a, a, a priority to you. To get into the word, to remind yourself of where you've come from. I was having a conversation with somebody not too long ago, and I asked, hey, do you journal? Because it'd be good for you to go back and see where God's brought you from. Because God is good, and he's faithful, and he's done so much in our lives. But oftentimes, when we find ourselves walking into the battle, if we haven't prepared, 
then every little thing trips us up. Every little thing stops us. And like I said earlier on, if the enemy is pushing on you and you're not wearing the right footwear, you're going to just slide backwards. And we have to stand. We have to stand. We have to push back. We have to understand the importance of this gospel and this message that we carry. The Savior has good plans for you. What if we changed our mindset and when we, when we hear bad news, oh my goodness, the stock market's down and my 401k is in that, we go, but Jesus died on the cross for me. It's, the interest rates are going out of control and groceries are so expensive, but my home is not here, it is with him. The country is becoming more divided, but my Savior has good plans for me. See, that's how we prepare. All of a sudden, we switch our, mind, our minds and we're able to focus on the positive and the good and the gospel. It all comes back to the gospel because this life is but a vapor. The season that we have on this earth is but a minuscule part of our actual life span. And so when we get so wrapped up in the problems of today, we need to remind ourselves and go back to this place where we go, oh, wait a second, I'm going back to the gospel because the gospel is so good and so overpowering and so important to me that all of a sudden when it says the gospel of preparation of peace, guess what happens when all of a sudden my mind goes to who Jesus is and what he thinks about me and how much he loves me and the plans and the dreams and the desires that he has for me. When bad news comes, comes my way, all of a sudden there's peace in the middle of that. Because I've prepared myself with the right shoes. Put on the right shoes and you can walk through anything. Paul was convinced that nothing could separate him from the love of Christ. He understood the love of Christ. He knew the good news and no bad news could ruin it. Isn't it amazing? If you think about it, Paul's life was one of, of turmoil. And after, I mean, his life, honestly, in terms of this world, his life looked better before Christ because he had all this power, all this authority, all this stuff. He accepts Christ and now he's getting like threatened, thrown in jail, all this bad stuff is happening to him. But then he writes these amazing passages of scripture where he's like, hey, nothing's going to touch me. Everything's good. We're going we're gonna to make it through. It's not going to be a problem. Why? Because he prepped himself. He understood what was important. And he understood that if he would keep his mind and his eye focused on the gospel, focused on the fact that he once was, but now he's. Now, all of a sudden, inside of that, you can celebrate even in the midst of pain. You can, you can realize that he has never left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you. The time he had spent preparing himself in the word was bearing fruit during his times of trouble. Many Christians take on certain battles before they're ready. And there are times and seasons for everything. There's a time to prepare, and then God's grace will take you through those times of trouble if and when they come. So you may be in a season right now where everything's looking great. Like, hey, life's pretty good. I don't have that many problems right now. 
Can I tell you then you're in a preparation season because trouble's coming. That's not in the brochure. I get it, but that's, it's truth. Like your life goes through seasons. You have seasons where, hey, everything's pretty decent, but tomorrow trouble's coming. So while you're not in the midst of trouble, you should be in a season of preparation. See, some of you don't even open your book, open the Bible until you're in trouble. And that's not preparation. That's called you're already in the battle, right? So instead of waiting until the battle is here, until you're in the middle of it, the, during those, those lull seasons where it's, everything's good, spend more time in the word. Amen. Spend more time in prayer. Spend more time in, 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 in praising him and thanking him for this amazing gospel. And that's called preparation. Why do we prepare? So that when we're in the battle, we can still experience peace. Because we already know where our strength comes from. We are equipped with something that we can offer, and this is an important part of this. We need to remind ourselves for the reason for the battle that we're engaged in. Christ has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of life. And this transformational message of salvation is something we need to be prepared to share. As we look at this, we need to understand that when we're talking about a battle, how is it that we gain ground? We gain ground by winning people to Jesus Christ. We, we spend so much time trying to fight against ideas instead of fighting for people. There's a lot of really dumb and bad ideas out there right now. There's a lot of bad ideas out there. And we can get all up in arms about the bad ideas. And I get it because I get there. I do get upset because they're teaching nonsense. And that, that upsets me. But what if the church, capital C, all of us, what if we spent our time going, you know what, I'm not going to sit on the battlefield and argue back and forth with the enemy about ideas. Instead, I'm going to advance on the enemy and I'm going to start winning some of these people to Jesus Christ. Because that's our best way of winning the battle is to, is to change, change the outcome for somebody else in, in their life. Romans chapter 5, starting verse 6, says this. You see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Sometimes we need to bring it back to the simplicity of the gospel. We can get our minds so wrapped up in all the negativity of this world and all the negativity of our circumstances, but if we will always bring it back and look through the lens of a God who sees us, who loves us, who made a plan and made a way for us. So how do we put on these God, uh, these, this pair of shoes? We need to prepare ourselves to follow the Lord no matter what. 
We need to gain ground by sharing his good news. This isn't grasping at doctrines, but it's laying a hold of the love of God, and there is no greater message than that. No matter your earthly career, your job in this world is to advance the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So as we put on this pair of shoes, we need to understand what the point is. As Christians, we should always be prepared as we never know when an opportunity may arise to share the good news of the gospel with someone else. What would it look like if the church, if us, those of us in the room, those who are watching online, if we woke up every morning and we said, God, today I'm putting on the shoes. I'm going to remind myself of the good news of your gospel. I'm going to remind myself that I once was and now I'm not. That I was broken and I was hurting and I was a sinner and I was lost and, I, and, I, and, I, and now I know you. And now I know that you love me and I know that you, you see me and you care about me. So I'm going to put these shoes on today because wherever I go, I'm going to keep my eyes open because there are going to be people I know that I'm going to come in contact with today who feel like I used to feel. And so today I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eyes open. And when that person crosses my path, God, I'm asking for you to give me the boldness to advance the gospel. It would change everything. And ultimately, the shoes of peace equip us to fight for Christ in the spiritual battles that we face. I want to read one more scripture to you, and I'm going to have the worship team come, and they're going to get ready to lead us in some worship. But 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, going into this week and, and looking at the shoes, I honestly was like, oh, that's all right, but I can't wait to get to the shield. I got some really good stuff for the shield. But the more I looked into this, the more I realized how important this part of the armor is. And if the church would put on the shoes, we could really change our city. We could make a big difference. But for many of us, we're, it's going to mean removing the slippers. For many of us, it's going to mean removing the, the flip-flops. And it's going to mean putting on the boots and getting ready and pushing forward and advancing the gospel for Jesus. And for some of you, your preparation season is, is this. It's that understanding like every day. What if we, maybe you need to make yourself a note and put it on your mirror and even if it's as simple as say, just a note that says, thank him for the gospel today. So that while you're getting ready in the morning, you can look at that note and you can go, man, God sent his son for me. Jesus loved me so much that he hung on a cross that he didn't have to hang on. He could have called 10,000 angels and he could have, he could have taken out the Roman army. He could have done a lot of things, but instead he held himself to that tree for me. So now today, no matter what I face, no matter what comes my way, no matter what hardship I'm going through, I always know that my feet are wearing the gospel. 
so that I can have peace in every situation because no matter what the enemy throws against me, no matter how hard he pushes, I'm wearing the gospel and the gospel trumps anything that the devil can do. And now all of a sudden, whether I'm in a hard time or an easy time, I'm constantly being reminded of this love that my God has for me. Man, if the church would get this, it changes the narrative on the enemy. Because he's really good at telling lies and making us focus on the wrong thing. It's hard not to focus when you got the wrong shoes on. It's hard when, when it's rubbing you the wrong way. When life is rubbing you the wrong way, it's hard to focus on winning other people to Jesus because I'm, I'm, I'm in pain right now. I'm hurting. That's why we got to put on the right shoes. and Watch what God does. So tonight, I'm going to ask, as we close in just a little bit of time of worship here, I'm going to ask you to do something, and that is, can you just take a few moments, whether it's right where you are, if you want to come to the altar, you're welcome to do that, but can we just have a, a moment in the room where we remind ourselves of the gospel, of this incredible thing that God has done for us? Maybe make this a practice just the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a, a, a practice of your preparation. Like, figure out how to do it. Maybe you don't know how to do it and you're like, I don't really know what that, in this room right now, everybody's gonna be doing this. So you have to worry about it, but you can just take a moment and say, God, prepare me. Like, remind me. And whatever the things are that have been distracting you, the things that, the pain in your life, the struggles that you're going through, the other things that the, 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 employee, the, the, the employee that you're dealing with or the coworker that you're struggling with or your relationship with your spouse, whatever that thing is right now, to be able to just say, God, I, I, I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on the fact that, that you won and that you have eternity for me and that, you're, that you love me and that you saw me and that you cared enough about me, that you, that you hung on a cross for me. And in that moment now, all of a sudden, your problem begins to shrink and your God begins to grow. And now you can walk into battle knowing that he's got you. So let's just take some time. I'm going to pray over you right now. Then we're going to worship together. And as we do that, I just want to challenge you. In your own way, find space. To say, God, help me to focus on the right thing. God, we're so grateful for your word. It's true. Cover to cover, it's true. We not only want to believe it, but we want to do it. We want to follow it. So, fathers, we've spent some time tonight just looking at the shoes. I pray, God, that we would make an effort to put on the right shoes. That, God, we make an effort to remind ourselves of the great gift of your Son. God, I pray that we'd gain ground. Lord, I pray for the people in our lives who we think would never, would never surrender to you. They would never bow a knee to you. We know that one day they will, no matter what, but we want them to do it in this life. So God, I pray that you'd give us boldness to pursue those who we feel are unpursuable, to go to those who have no interest in you, 
Lord, I pray that we would see revival break out as we see our city transformed because your church is putting on the shoes. We praise you, Father. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We stand and worship with us. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.